now that I've made that previous episode, which I'll call The Globalization of Italy, uh, I, I feel I can make a shorter version. Uh, but I couldn't have made this shorter version had I not done the longer version. Uh, but my feelings, on, uh, as, as I reflected upon the, I look dead with my eyes in shadow there. Uh, don't worry, I will be soon anyway. Um, the unification of Italy in the 1800s, to me, as I, as I reflected upon it, uh, feels like the local globalization of Italy, where a whole lot of kingdoms all become just one nation. So, you know, if, 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 if for a moment you imagined that Italy was the whole world, um, for you, you know, back in the 1800s, um, then oh, when all the kingdoms of Italy uh, unified into one nation, that was globalization in action. Now, was it the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do? It was a dead set tragedy, no doubt, uh, for anyone who uh, valued um, the previous system, you know, anyone who loved being, you know, one of the two Sicilies or whatever, you know, that sort of thing, and didn't want, you know, anyone who didn't want to be Italian, they just wanted to be, you know, whatever they were, Calabrian or something, or Roman or whatever, you know. Um, so, uh, it was a tragedy, the globalization of Italy, the unification of Italy, I'm sure. And a lot of people died as a result of it. But um, it was inevitable, given the technological and advances and all of the time and all that sort of stuff, the Industrial Revolution and all that sort of thing, it was inevitable. And to a certain extent, if you were back in those times and you were, re you were resisting the globalization of Italy, the unification of Italy, you know, I imagine you were on the wrong side of history and it might have been a better idea and, you know, prevented a lot of bloodshed if you just got on board and argued instead about what sort of globalized Italy uh, you thought was the right one. You know, rather than people being, you know, in those situations, I think, rather than being pro-unification or anti-unification, it almost sort of feels like it's the case that, you know, that's, you're on a, it's a losing battle, you know. The, the real fight should be, perhaps, you know, if you, if you were able to read the wind, you know, um, that with the rise of technology at the time and all that sort of stuff, the Industrial Revolution and all those sorts of things, the Enlightenment and all those sorts of things, um, unification or, you know, globalization, local globalizations were inevitable, inevitable all over the place, in Europe at least, you know, and in America. Um, and, you know, and even here in Australia, and, you know, and states, or, you know, kingdoms all coalesce to become nations. So nations is like a, a step one towards globalization because it's local globalization. Yeah. And we and, and, and I mentioned um, there we have the same sort of situation going on in Ethiopia at the moment. And there are people, I know one of them, who uh, resist the idea of a single Ethiopia, you know, which is a combination of all the tribes in Ethiopia. Um, you know, the idea of one Ethiopia 
you know, all speaking the one language and all that sort of stuff. You know, because that happened in Italy too. They were all speaking different languages, different types of Italian, as we might call it. Um, and they were all standardised under one Italian, one form of Italian. Uh, and everyone sort of, you know, there's one Italian dictionary now instead of hundreds. Um, so, you know, you can imagine in Ethiopia, everyone speaking Amharan at some stage, you know. And yeah, the, uh, you've got two choices sort of thing. Um, you either resist it altogether and say, no, we want all sorts of, you know, we want, you know, 48 different nations in Ethiopia instead of one Ethiopia, you know, and everyone keeping their own cultures and all that sort of stuff. Um, but, you know, or alternatively, some sort of, um, um, well, they, they had what they called an ethnic federalism, you know, where it's all, it, it's trying to have your cake and eat it too, you know, kind of being a nation, but not, you know. But either way, resisting local globalization, you know, because um, afoot at present is a local, globali local globalization of Ethiopia, courtesy of the current prime minister, uh, Dr. Abbey. Now, he might be on the right side of history, and he might be doing the inevitable thing, even if it's not the good thing for you, or the right thing. It's kind of the right thing in a way, because it's the inevitable thing, and sometimes if something's inevitable, you might as well get on deck with it, and then argue what sort of um, globalization you want. You know, you're going to have a globalization of one sort or another, uh, because um, it's in, it's non-optimal in a world where technology is on the rise to actually um, fragment. You know, so you have to go in the opposite direction, usually, and that was the experience of Europe in the 1800s. You know, hundreds of small city-states and kingdoms and everything all became just an, just a, just a few countries. You know. All the little kingdoms of Germany became Germany, and you know, all the kingdoms of Italy became Italy, and so on and so forth. And right now, in the 21st century, all the little sort of tribes of Ethiopia, under a so-called ethnic federalism, are becoming a single Ethiopia, but a single civic Ethiopia, you know? Um, and you could resist it, but that'd be like being, you know, in one of the city-states of Italy, back in Italy, in the 1800s, and resisting that, and a lot of blood gets shed and all that, so you might as well get on board. Say, so listen, there's going to be a one, there is going to be a one Italy, I can see the writing on the wall, so, you know, the real fight is what sort of one Italy shall we have, you know. And, um, and to that extent, I start to think um, that with an even bigger rise in technology now, the information revolution, uh, that's inevitable for the whole world. And, you know, especially as an Australian, you know, why would I want to blend, you know, um, with the rest of the world when Australia really is the best place to live on the whole planet? I should be anti-globalist. But if technology keeps going the way it is, um, globalization of the whole planet is inevitable, I think. And it's a bit, you know, um, and you're fighting a, um, 
a rearguard losing battle uh, to try and hold on to nations, maybe. And the question becomes, um, what sort of globalization do you want? You know, because we're all going to be one world anyway, whether we like it or not. Now, obviously you can resist that, but then a lot of blood is shed. And people will resist it, and I probably will too, to a certain extent, because I like Australia. I'm a bit nationalistic about Australia. All right. But for all the hairs there are on globalization as a concept, shocking hairs. You know, we, a disaster of an idea, just like Italy was probably a disaster of an idea to a lot of people back in the 1800s. Um, you know, uh, I'm sure there were people thinking, if we just go, if we turn into one Italy, we're going to have another Augustus Caesar come along and just dominate us all and turn us into a dictatorial state. You know, uh, Italy didn't quite turn out that way. It just turned into a, an ongoing basket case. Uh, but politically, politically, it really did. You know, they've had more, um, more prime ministers than I've had hot dinners since, you know, in, in my lifetime. But um, the globalization of the entire world seems inevitable to me, you know, because it's, um, it's going to be prompted, you know, like uh, modern technology is going to force it. You know, modern communications are going to force it. Um, and to a certain extent, I think, well, I might as well get my head in that sort of space. I hate that term. Um, and think, well, there is going to be, you know, the world is becoming globalised. So maybe I should just, you know, not be one of those people saying, we must stick to existing constitutions that were all worded in an age that came before the information age, you know, so they're all out of date. You know, we need to hold on to the Constitution of Australia and all that sort of stuff. Uh, you know, I could argue all of that, and I'm, I'm attracted to that idea because I, I like my nation-state of Australia. Um, but on another level, I could start to think, oh, look, we're going global. You know, globalisation is coming. So maybe I should just get ahead of the game and start already think, thinking of, all right, what are the bad things that could come from globalization? What can we do to um, see those off? You know, for example, someone rising up, someone like Napoleon rising up and becoming king of the world, you know, because there's only one world. You know, the only thing that stopped people like Alexander or um, uh, Napoleon or, Julius Caesar and all those sorts of people from becoming immediate kings of the world overnight was because the world wasn't one country back then and there were natural barriers and all that sort of stuff and, you know, between different areas of the world. But, you know, if we were one world, you can imagine a Napoleon coming along and just announcing himself a king of the world, you know, sweeping to power, perhaps via democracy, you know, Trump style, you know, that sort of thing, you know. Um, so they'd be the bad things, but there's some good things about it that could be got from globalization. Because right now, for example, mentioning Ethiopia before, um, a kid, you know, a child born in Ethiopia right now in the same world as my children being born in that same world, except in Australia, uh, my kids have got massively better educational options you know, they're going to get, uh, they've got much, so many better chances. 
Um, and that's not fair. So globalization could fit that, fix that sort of thing. Like health-wise, you know, just being born in Australia, a kid here, you know, it's the old story. That's not fair. A kid being born in Ethiopia right now um, has much less chance of good medical uh, assistance throughout his or her life uh, than an Australian kid, and that's wrong. So globalization, you know, we might as well start thinking about, look, we could resist globalization, but we could, you know, I'm of the mind that we've got, um, it's a bit silly to say I'm anti-globalization. Well, globalization's coming, is what I'm thinking at the moment. You know, globalization is coming, whether you like it or not. So, you know, stop wasting my time talking about, oh, I'm anti-globalization. You just, all right, you're gonna try and slow it up, are you? But it's coming anyway. All right, so globalization is coming. What sort of globalization, you know, like, do you want? That's what I'd say if I was out for a coffee with someone. What sort of globalization are you after? And they'd say, I don't want any globalization at all. I said, like, yeah, all right, all right, but it's coming. So what sort of globalization do you want? Oh, I'm against it, yeah. Yeah, all right. <laughs> but it's coming. What sort of globalization do you want? And then you can start saying, oh, I'm scared, you know, of a certain few, you know, I'm scared of some of the things that happened in ancient Rome where just a few families ran the whole world, owned the whole world, all the wealth was concentrated in the hands of just a couple of people, um, a couple of families, about five families or something. I'm scared of that. So that's a real risk. And, uh, and they say, that's why I don't want globalization, they say. You know, I say, I know, but it's coming anyway. So... What do, we, what do we do to um, uh, sort of uh, reduce the risk of that and all the other bad things that are likely to happen with globalization? What do we do, you know? And, um, and, and then the conversation would change slightly because globalization has become inevitable in that coffee shop conversation. Um, and then I'd say, but look at the good, and, and we have to opt, you know, we have to try and um, reduce the risk of the bad things and, 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 you know, get this thing we've got going in Australia, get that going right around the world, you know, where everyone's got a, a you know, a pretty much a guarantee of a decent education here in Australia, just about everybody, you know, there's certain people that haven't, and notably some Indigenous people, it's just, well, it's not we're not doing you know we're not succeeding there but you know just be, yeah all right so equality of educational opportunities worldwide you know it sounds really socialist but it's actually a really good thing you know conceptually and you know equality of um health outcomes for all children born worldwide they've all got a reasonable chance at good health services you know and all that sort of stuff you know, that, that's what's good about globalization. So, you know, the conversation would shift. You know, just like the conversation might have shifted back in Italy um, at some stage when Italian unification started to become inevitable in people's minds, they would have said, all right, all right, we're going to have one flag. What's the best Italy we can make, you know? Let's, all right, we give up, we stop fighting against Italian uh, unification, you know? Italian local globalization. Um, all right, all right, we'll stop killing each other over that. What sort of Italy do we want? You know, and I reckon that's the way the world's going to go. Um, all right, eventually we're gonna start, stop. We're gonna give up fighting for, you know, 
sovereignty of various nations and all that sort of stuff. A sovereign Australia, a sovereign you know, New Zealand, a sovereign this, a sovereign that. And we're going to say, oh, look, nations are, nations are a thing of the past. Globalisation is an inevitable. What sort of one world do we want? And, you know, obviously we probably start with health and education first, you know. But then, you know, there'll be Napoleon types out there who'll be thinking, ah, this is my chance for global domination. I'm going to be the king of the world, you know. Um, the trouble is, I think the world, you know, I think globalisation is inevitable and um, we're going to have to sort of, you know, you can't stop it just because those bad things are likely to crop up the risk of a, a world dictator and all that sort of stuff. You can't stop globalisation, so might as well, let's tackle it already. And while we're at it, you know, think about that health and education stuff at the same time. That's my thoughts at the moment. I'm, you know, to a certain extent, it makes me a little bit pro-globalisation at the moment, but not really. I'm just being a realist and recognising that globalisation is an inevitability. So I'm arguing for the best possible globalisation there is, which doesn't quite make me a globalist. Just, it just means I'm sort of starting to think, oh, we globalisation is coming anyway. So I'm not arguing for globalisation, I'm just admitting it's coming and thinking, and then starting to, in my head, design what form of globalisation I like, but anti-globalists might misinterpret that as me saying I'm pro-globalisation when I'm not in some ways, but I am in other ways. Health and education. I'm a globalist and a socialist when it comes to health and education. I really am. Yeah, because I'm an Australian and, uh, and most Australians are socialists when it comes to health and education. Just about all of us, actually. Uh, I know our major parties are both Liberal and Labor. Anyway, that's my thoughts for now.